business class here today, always here at one o'clock on a Thursday, and very, very excited to see Tim Campbell, MBE, with us. And we're going to come to Tim in a minute. And um, this, is, well, we're all getting close to Christmas now. I don't know about you, I'm sort of hearing people say, a manana, manana, you know, I'll get to that, I'll get to that. I think there's a real sense of people saying, I'm just sort of crawling my way to Christmas, and I'm really excited about having a long Christmas season. And then um, January, I think everybody's excited about January coming out with it. So um, we're going to try and behave today. Although I have to say, before we went live, we were a bit cheeky to him because he is, I mean, I did say that actually, if this was four men interviewing a very good looking woman, we'd all be talking to court because we were, we were a little bit lush about having Tim with us. And you can see why. Um, so I did say that we didn't bring him on for his brain, but actually he has got quite a remarkable brain that I am going to introduce you. So some of you may know Tim from 2005, the first winner of The Apprentice, Mr. Alan Sugar. And I'm going to sort of come to that in a minute because it's too, um, too intoxicating, really, that subject. And I know, Tim, you allow us to indulge that a little bit, even though I know you've achieved so much since then. Um, so... Your wealth of knowledge and supporting entrepreneurs has been phenomenal. And it's how you and I really got to know each other. And I know Thomas, um, my husband Thomas, and you spar a lot because um, Thomas was an apprentice when he was 22. We're not really quite the glamorous apprentice that you did on television. He went through even more hell, I think, um, with, with Alan. Um, but also, um, you've done a lot of work, um, not only with um, entrepreneurs and that whole subject, but with young people. And I know you worked really closely with Boris and, and you did a phenomenal amount helping um, young kids from underdeprived, under misrepresented places to help them get into apprenticeships in corporates. And I would love us to come back to that because, well, it's, um, it's just beautiful that you did that. And I know your MBE was awarded in 2012 for your work in enterprise. And But I think, you know, it could have been awarded for so many things. Um, you're such a passionate advocate of inclusion, um, education, empowerment, entrepreneurship, as I've said. Um, and you've got this incredible charitable trust that you've chaired and, and founded. Um, so I think it would be great to learn more about that. Um, outside of this, if surprise you Tim does keep pretty bloody fit <laughs> um, got running riding lifting and tie boxing it's quite quite a lot that to fit in around what you already do and I know um, you're also really interested in the future of AI and, and fintech and things so we have got a ton of stuff to talk about haven't we so before I come to you just to keep anybody that's watching this teasing it Kim how has your week been uh, yeah, it's been really good. Thank you. It's been um, it's been another fascinating week. I had the privilege of doing a couple of uh, keynotes uh, on imposter syndrome in leadership, mm. and it's fascinating how many people are, are feeling that they're not good enough at the moment. That they are going to get found out. That they're going to be found to be a fraud. And there seems to be like quite a lot of people in that space. And I, I guess for me, what, what's coming out is asking yourself when, when you have that moment where you're doubting yourself ask yourself is there any evidence that I am wrong because your subconscious will go and get it for you and it will help you get out of your own way so it feels like there seems to be a brewing of this I don't know if that's just because we are so many months into into the pandemic but I think the more people can get some help and talk about it that the better right now 
Mm, yeah, it's really true. I suppose a lot of people's self-esteem and self-worth is getting really bashed, isn't it? Like, it's a really good topic. I know we're going to be interviewing you in a few weeks, Kim. I'd love us to talk more about that because that's incredible. So, Sam, what about you? What's your week like? Hi, everybody. Welcome to Thursday yet again. Um, I think you're right, Kim. I think there's a lot of the imposter creeping in. Um, and I think it's due to the lack of communication, the lack of inclusion, the lack of being with others and and the fear of uncertainty. But something that I've picked up on this week um, is actually the cheer, the festive cheer around going into a new year. It's almost like everybody is so keen to wish away 2020 and welcome in 2021. And positivity about business in 2021 is actually huge. Um, and that's so encouraging because I do believe that there's a great year to be had out there for uh, everyone, all of us in 2021. Um, and I, for one, am hanging on to that. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I, I love that. And talking about positivity, here is Mrs. Positive. Carol Ann, what's your week been like? How many restaurants have you visited this week? It's been great, actually, because a lot of people think life coaches get really busy in January. But actually, in January, everyone's fat, broke and bald. Um, <laughs> and that's what you get for Christmas, fat and broke. What did you get for Christmas? I've got fat and broke. What did you get? Yeah, I've got the same two great gifts. Um, so, actually, so actually, weirdly, my busiest mm -hmm. month is December. And the reason being, people put, up on a, I don't know, put it on their list of things to do, change my life. So I'm actually mad busy with quite a lot of new clients. And I think people have been using lockdown to reassess and using the time at home to make those changes. So it's great for me, great news for me that, yeah, I'll be getting fat and bald and, and broke <laughs> just like everyone else. So I can't, I can't work out whether you're saying fat and bald, a no hair or bald. Bald, no hair. For coaches right now is good. People are wanting real sustainable change in their lives and they're using this time as a catalyst. Yeah. Yeah. I think they should. The wise amongst definitely. I think there's still I did a bit of a post about time and, and time and money scarcity. A lot of people feel like they're in there's a lot of people feeling overwhelmed, so they keep saying, I haven't got enough time. Have you noticed that? I've noticed mm -hmm. that. And they're just not organising themselves. And I think they're trying, I don't know where their heads are. And also this money scarcity, I just worry about people that go into that. I know there are some extreme reasons some people are in it. There's still a lot of people that have got money. They've not been spending all year. And, and they seem to be worried. And I think people coming to me and saying they want to change their business life, they want to improve their business, but they're fearful of investing in themselves. So, um, yeah, I think that's a really good message, um, Caroline. You know, start getting your coaching booked up. So yeah. over to Tim. You've got to just do it. You put just do it on there. I have indeed. It's my, it's my ethos around. So going back, I think uh, you all make really good points, but I think Kim, your one's really powerful when it impacted me because I think a lot of people do have this fear of being found out. I know I have this whole fear someone's going to rip off the mask and find out I'm a fraud or I'm not good enough, etc. But then I suppose it comes to that. That's an unconscious feeling that is inbuilt and hardwired, comes from when we grew up, etc. My first degree was in psychology. So we get on immensely. I'm, I'd love to hear your conversation when you're interviewed. But I think what then happens, it's the conscious act that comes after that feeling. So for many, it will cause you to 
retreat and retract and then hide away. But for me, it acts as a stimulus where I know there's a fear of that mask being pulled off. So I'm going to work really, really hard to make sure if anybody does expose it, I've got all the answers ready to go. So for me, it's about just do it. You've got to, you've got to face the fear and then decide that that's not going to be debilitating. Um, yeah. Very upset, Carol. I'm, I love being bald. It's, 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 yeah. it's, it's a choice. Yeah. If I could look like you, I'd go bald. So talk about facing the fear. Too. Yeah. Back in 2005. Yes. Right. Indulge us in this. You put yourself forward for the Prince and then you won. Talk about facing fear. That must have been unbelievable. Um, how did that impact your future doing that? Well, obviously, it's been transformational. It was hugely rewarding. Um, the amount of parties I got invited to was tremendous. And it was pre the Instagram generation. So I didn't get a million followers immediately. I just got a million invites everywhere, right? So I am that old before Instagram actually existed. But I think for me, it was. It was transformational more so in the horizon opening because up until that point as a working class boy from a single mother um in east london my aspirations were set by the things i encountered regularly right so i believed in order to be successful i had to get a job that i was going to work in 25 years and retire and do everything that way i could only reach certain heights because that was the only things i saw around me and essentially education was an excuse to get through to a point rather than around empowering me to get to a certain level. So off the back of that, I think The Apprentice really shattered all of those misconceptions that I had. And the power of the role model that I saw in, in Lord Sugar allowed me to do two things. Firstly, it allowed me to dispel all the barriers that I had because I was actually in it. Once I'd been rewarded and acknowledged as the winner, that was really empowering for me personally. But the most important thing was working for somebody like that who was very straightforward, very um, very binary in terms of it was this way or that way. There was no ambiguity around Lord Sugar. So I, I respected that. It was very similar to my mum. As a Jamaican mother, you, you, she told you to do something. You didn't have a debate. You just get on and do it. So I was used to that. I wasn't scared of that. It was kind of youthful. But what it did it showed me how normalized success was because often when we look at people, when we read, when Caroline, you, you might write something or whatever, your readers like, oh my gosh, isn't that amazing? But actually when you get to know the person, you're like, you go to the toilet, you eat, you sleep, you get angry, you do all the same things like normal people. And once you normalize that, actually that's the empowering thing I find from having conversations with people because we sometimes, make it others it's someone else's success do you know what every there is no limit to anything that we can do apart from what we tell ourselves and the people we're connected to you sort those two things out go and speak to kim about the first one we'll help you with the other one and then we're sorted yeah that is wonderful and i mean that whole journey the nerves that you must must have had to overcome every time it must have been phenomenal I mean, in terms of your growth through it when you started to the end how did what did you notice about changing yourself well I think the first thing you notice is how how cocky and arrogant you are when you're young <laughs> and I suppose that's the beauty of being young you have this naivety around uh, what things are gonna uh, what things are gonna happen to you in life you you believe it's as simple as just getting up in the morning and going out and then this manna from heaven is gonna fall down and bless you with all this success and what you realize like many of the businesses that Sam's talking about, who's so optimistic about the future, is that 
you have to hustle. There is no one who's going to do it for you. You have to get off your proverbial and work bloody hard. And I think coming from a working class background, that was inbuilt in us from the very moment we were able to understand that mum had to work three jobs in order to make sure that we ends met. She was an entrepreneur, but didn't call herself that. The very fact that she had to, um, she taught us about dressing in your Sunday best all the time so people didn't perceive you as poor. You got out and did that. So you had respect around who you were and all these different things. So all those innate lessons that I had around me, they were important catalysts that all when they came in alignment, you could go off. And what really worries me is that there's an awful lot of people who will negatively be impacted by COVID and the pandemic or who have negative overhangs in their minds where they won't be able to bring that alignment and actually won't fulfill their maximum opportunity. And what The Apprentice gave me as a platform was it eradicated any excuses why I shouldn't go and get it. So once you've, you're just shown the pathway, you, you saw it, you've seen it all the time, Penny, when you started your business with Thomas. The reality is that when you bring people into the same space, it's amazing how they start bouncing off each other. And then you just have this belief because, well, that person says I can do it. They know somebody. Look at that. They've given me a deal and you're off you're running. Yeah, brilliant. Sam, you were going to ask a question. Yeah, I think, um, first of all, before I do, apologies to viewers, because um, I think we've had some technical issues. I think we paused and we were a bit static in places. So hopefully we're all running now. Um, but yeah, Tim, you mentioned uh, hustling and the king at hustle, the queens at hustle are the millennials right now. And millennials and others are in such a hurry to become entrepreneurs nowadays, such a hurry. How does your experience of being so well known after 2005 winning The Apprentice, how did that impact you? And what advice would you give to millennials and entrepreneurs that are in such a hurry to, to crack it? I suppose being truly focused on inclusivity, I think... The reality is that there's different state life stages when it may be right and appropriate for you to do it. I think the good thing with millennials that you mentioned is that they have that lack of fear. So they go off and also boundless energy. Because I know once I'm out on a Saturday, I need the next three weeks to recover before I can go again. Right. So essentially that that I understand the energy that they bring and the enthusiasm is a positive that takes them forward. But the big thing I learned going through the experience is actually you've really got to focus on something you're incredibly passionate about. It's a word that's overused so often, but for most people who have gone through business, they know it's bloody hard. It's really, really difficult. And these illusions that some young people have around, they're going to start something and tomorrow it's going to have a million followers. Then they're going to make five million quid. They're going to buy a Ferrari and sit on the beach forever. And it's like, okay, you tell me how that's going for you. Yeah, you tell me how it's going. Or worse still, you ask them what business, they, they, they say, what do you want to do? I want to be an entrepreneur or a YouTuber or an influencer. Okay, fantastic. Well, what are you going to influence? Well, I don't know. I'm just going to start up a YouTube channel. Okay, you 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 tell me how that's going for you. So you've got to have there isn't that there isn't that focus which says I want to be known for X. And I think when we start to help people have those conversations about okay, what is the core of you? What what do you spend most time doing? What are you what are you most excited about? What do you have regular conversations about? Those are when we start to turn the dial in and focus on what they might be able to build a business around. Because when you're engaged with something, then it's amazing how the Saturday, Sundays all roll into one and you'll put all the effort in. It's like it's like when you're in love, right? You, you, you're first falling in love. And it's like you'll do anything for that person. You'll travel anywhere. You'll, 
you'll take all the abuse you don't care it's exactly the same with business but also with business as is with loves allegedly some people tell me that wanes it goes up and down it can get hard it can get difficult when the relationship's not going so well when they don't put the toilet seat down or pick up the socks all of those hard bits you have to overcome those with understand you know what i really love that idea or really love that person that's going to get you through those difficult times. And that's the bit I don't think lots of younger people sometimes fully understand because they haven't got that experience. But at the same time, I'm finding a huge amount of opportunity from slightly older individuals who now who may have got the opportunity via redundancy or the fact that they've, the, the career that they've built up now is morphing because it's been attacked by artificial intelligence or machine learning, et cetera, where they're saying, actually, I can use my skills for something else and it's finding that transactional, trans, um, transformational element to what they know and how it might be relevant in different sections. And you know the real beauty, Sam, which I think is a great thing that I know Thomas and Penny were really powerful about, is when you bring old, older individuals with more experience with young people who have all the energy, the combination can be so amazing. And, I, and sometimes that can seem like a bit of a revelation. But when you look at companies, they do this all the time. You'll appoint a non-executive director or chairman who knows the industry inside out and all the regulations, et cetera. And you get the young virile individual, the lady who started up the business to run hundred miles an hour and do all the stuff. And you've got this, what I call the, the driving instructor next to them saying, well, we just might want to slow down a little bit here. Oh, do you know what? There's a bump coming around the corner. Oh, hold on a second. Did you see that sign? That's where I think the real power comes. And it's now reverse the reverse mentoring of that now where younger people are bringing their knowledge around technology and skills to slightly older entrepreneurs who may not understand what, what uh, a TikTok video is and how viral that can go in two seconds. I was going to ask you, Tim, you, uh, the, the, R, the R word, you know, the R level, the resilience is, is what's key here. And you might have a genius idea. You might have all the enthusiasm in the world, but there's always a sag in your business where you have the, as you say, the first love affair, the, 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 the flush of the passion. And then it's, it's the saggy, boring grunt work in the middle. It's the keeping on, the keeping on. So tell us, what do you do to get resilience? What, how do you build resilience? What helps when you're having that kind of, the novelty's worn off and you're, you're having to do that big push. Mm. How, what do you do and what do you recommend to people starting out in business? So for me, I'm really I'm really in tune with what I need to be resilient. I think going through sport at a very early age, you build up that knowledge of you invest a lot of time into something and you'll get better at that thing. It doesn't mean you have to be the greatest at the beginning. And also the great thing about sport is that you realize that talent is not a precursor of success. The assumption with lots of people in business is they, do you know what, I'm the best sign writer in the world. Okay, fantastic. Do you know what, I may not be the best sign writer in the world, but I'm a guerrilla marketer and I'll outstrip you 10 to nine. Talent is not a precursor of success. And having that humility where I really wasn't that talented at most stuff, I'm not, I'm not that good at most stuff, right? I'm actually quite rubbish at most stuff, if I'm honest with you, but what I am good at I'm great at surrounding myself with people who are better than me. I'm great at taking advice from people who I respect, who have been there, done it, and got the T-shirt to prove it. And I'm also really, really good at being honest and saying, you know what, I've messed up. And that humility in, in understanding that I'm allowed to make mistakes, actually, it helps me to build up the resilience. Because I think resilience is not a binary decision or a binary trait in somebody's DNA chain that some people are born more so than others. I think we learn it over time. Mm -hmm. And it comes back to how how well do you adapt to shocks? COVID is a key one. 
somebody told me, and this is really interesting. Someone said, if you if you thought you were an entrepreneur and you aren't an entrepreneur by the end of this year, it's not for you. Because actually, the entrepreneurs that are persevering through the most difficult of times that you could ever imagine and still smiling, still satisfying customers, still making profit, my heart goes out to them. They are the true MVPs of this whole wide world because you think about the CAF that just started, um, they opened their business in February. March comes along, whole world shuts down. You've got rent to pay. You've got bills to pay. All your orders of stock is in, in your fridge is going off as you talked about. And that individual who started that up and they said, you know what, I'm going to create a deli business or I'm going to get a delivery service or do you know what, I'm going to find the NHS workers that I can give away some stuff to now while everyone's clapping on a Thursday, but then I'll have them as an order when they come around their side. Those entrepreneurs who are able to adapt to change, you build up the resilience because you know what happened? My first business fell catastrophically. I left from sugar and I put 50 grand into a cosmetics business because I wanted to be that metrosexual male. I was going to sell all these cosmetics. I was going to rub them on my wrist and say, oh, isn't that lovely, right? Um, but essentially, I fell catastrophically. I, I was too arrogant. My marketing was way off. I was doing this whole brute kind of uh, marketing campaign that was just outdated and just didn't work. And I remember sitting on a beach in Brighton in the pebbles, crying into my bowl of, of fish and chips that I tried to buy myself to make myself feel better. And coming at the end of it and realizing two things. One, I had to acknowledge what I'd done to make the mistakes. All the things that I'd done to lead me to that point that were wrong. And acknowledging that was like, okay, I can reverse that and then do things differently again. The second thing I realized, which I think is the most important thing about resilience, I realized I wasn't dead. As long as you're not dying by making mistakes, you're not doing fundamental harm to other people, like not stealing or robbing or whatever it is, you can try again. And when you realize you can try again, because what holds most people back is shame. They think mm -hmm. they're shame that like oh, they've let everybody down, or and that feeling of shame can really be debilitating. But once you realise no one's dead, I paid the tax man, I'm all right, fantastic, okay, then you can walk forward and say, what am I going to learn? What am I going to do? And that's where resilience comes from. It comes like a muscle. It's true. When's the book coming out, Tim? <laughs> I can't be asked with books. Excuse my language. I, I just, I just, I focus much more. I read a huge amount of other people's books. I'm really passionate about in, engaging, but. My my um, my language of communication is this. I'm I'm, I'm a talker, right? So if somebody's going to ghostwrite it or there's a, a piece of software I can talk into and it creates the words perfectly, fantastic, I'm all there. But sitting down and writing papers and business plans, oh, my head, I just can't take it. It's not my, it's not my game. It's not my game. No, but the world needs your knowledge. And you can talk into things and it writes. Now, there's lots of uh, apps that do that for you. Come on. We should partner. We should partner. Let's go 50-50 we'll on it. Fine. Let's do it. But oh. don't, don't be selfish. Don't keep it all to yourself. Share. That's why you invite me here. It's good. We can talk to many people now in these modern ages with these platforms. Um, you do so much public speaking and stuff as well, don't you, in these sort of shows. It's brilliant. <laughs> Kim, you, I thought you were on mute. Yes, so so I agree with Caroline. You should absolutely um, get your book out there. And with the new with new emerging technology, there's no reason to do it as a book. You could just do it as a series on YouTube and just do this, talk to people and and share your knowledge. Because I think we've spent decades thinking knowledge is power, and knowledge is only powerful when we share it. Um, but I know that you're now kind of your new career. You're very much into. Um, AI and fintech and the emerging um, technology and how those go. So can you talk to us about I think for me, I was, 
really blown away by the power of cryptocurrency back in the early days when it started out. And the rationale was, wasn't because I wanted to buy a Ferrari or anything, or I thought we were going to make billions. I, I, if the key thing around business, and you'll all know this when you talk to people from a life coaching or business advice perspective, right? Um, is that you can only really have a powerful conversation with somebody if you've built up a level of trust. Now, if I don't trust you, I'm not going to tell you everything like you need to help me be better. So the first part of any engagement is we've got to get on a level playing field, show that we're okay, so we can laugh at the same jokes. And there's a similarity and an understanding from a perspective. So we did that in our first five minutes. We were laughing away. And it's like, okay, we can have a sense. We're kind of, he's not an idiot. He's not going to be misogynistic. He's not going to be a bit of an idiot. We can have a conversation. All right, fine. But we need to do that. And everyone does that for a safety thing. For me, when I looked at the world of financial literacy and financial knowledge, I'm really dismayed about how little financial knowledge most people have. When you think about most people want to retire and you'd say, how much do you want to retire on? They say about 30 grand. All right, cool, wicked. How much do you need to save for that? How much do you have to, save, have to have saved in order to be able to do that? And they have no idea whatsoever. And when you're telling people, you'd have to have like about a million quid somewhere dotted around either in assets or cash or whatever it is. They're like, oh my gosh, a million pounds. Now, when I was growing up, a million pounds was a lot. Now you've got to have a billion to, to, to go in there. Jeff Bezos has messed the wood out. He can get, he can get divorced and still be a billionaire. What's going on? You, his wife missed out somewhere there. That's, that's not right. That's not right. But anyway... So the point for me was looking at cryptocurrency, it was how you could democratize access to trust. Because what's at the heart of most businesses, particularly financial institutions and banks, is that I will give, Trey, Kim, you want to buy my house? Fantastic. Brilliant. I won't give you that house unless you've gone to an intermediary to put that money in a safe place. Because I'm not going to believe you. Do you know what? Here's, here's Tim. Here's an IOU. I've written on a fag packet. I'm going to, I'm going to put you the money. Yeah, okay. Here's my car keys. There you go. You can take everything. It's not going to happen. So you trust an institution to allow that transaction to happen, whether it's lawyers and other things like that. The beauty around cryptocurrency for me, it allowed me to trust you without having a middleman in the middle. So it was much about how can we transfer uh, assets, whether that be money, property, cars, you name it, without having to trust the middleman and pay fees. So I love the democratization of access to that. And when you think about some um, continents like Africa, uh, the growth of places like India and other things like that. The reality for me was that we wanted a way that you could transact with people on a fair and equitable basis. Now, having made some inroads into that, help companies launch. I did some work with Thomas, uh, uh, Thomas Power in that space as well. I've now moved into the realm of understanding the technology that underpins that. And one of the most exciting emerging technologies is artificial intelligence. Now, to most, that feels like a robot that's going to come and steal everything from you. But actually, in your mobile phones, there's an element of artificial intelligence. Like I know now when I go in to press something in a map, it says, are you going to this place that you go to all the time? I'm like, who's watching me? Oh my gosh, the, the big brother's stalking me. But that's artificial intelligence. It's just that machine learning element. And what we've created is a couple of platforms, one of which is called Eternal, which is all about helping people to leave digital memories of themselves. Because I believe that we're not that trusting of social media as it is now. As I get a little older, I want to make sure that all the experiences I had, I've got them to show to my children and leave uh, memories for them to understand who I was, how I met their mother, where I went to university, all those kind of cool things. Also, I've got a mother who's getting slightly older, who's had to be isolated in these terrible times, who I want to hear some of her stories. What was it like coming from the West Indies to, to the UK as part of the Windrush generation? And how did she build up 
a career for herself that allowed her to support three children and send them all to university and go off and do what they were doing. So our platform uses artificial intelligence to help engage people through a chat conversation about downloading that information and then targeting people in your network who you want to share that with. And for us, yeah. a big part of that is speaking to women because they have really powerful conversations where men can be a bit stubborn sometimes where we don't want to talk because we're, we're brave. <laughs> That's awesome too. I love that. I want to know more about that. Eternal. Eternal.com, yep. is it? Eternal.life. So it's oh, internal like without the end. So it's eternal.life. All right, we'll share that in our in our chat with people. Amazing conversation with you, Tim. It could, well, I, I'm quite we happy. Could talk for hours. We could talk for hours. I know, and it's absolutely incredible. I love your drive. I love your wisdom as well. Um, I'm going to do a quick round robin. I think we've got maybe one person. Um, who shall I go to just to say about your tip for the week? Sam, have you got a tip for the week for anybody? I think I'm just going to pick up on Tim's energy because for me, that is what I am loving about our guest today. Um, I'm all about energy and Tim, your energy is just absolutely flying out of this podcast and I love it. And I think that's my tip. You've got to be high. You've got to be high on life. You've got to be high on passion. You've got to love what you do. Hustle, hustle, Caroline, hustle. Caroline, you've got a quick tip. Yeah, um, overwhelm is a choice. It's a very overwhelming time of year. Focus on what really matters. And there's a lot of the stuff out there you don't need. You don't have to get hooked up in. Just focus on the heart-centered, what really matters now. Yeah, wonderful. And, and Kim, I'm going to pass to you. First, I'm going to thank Tim very much for sharing your thoughts. Lovely oh. having you with us. And Kim, finish off with your tip and, and how people can watch this later, etc. Bless you. Thank you so much, Tim. I could chat to you all day. I think for me, the tip has come from everything you've said, but a large part of it was... Um, to just keep practicing because actually it's not about doing it until you get it right it's about doing it until you cannot get it wrong um yeah. so that's probably my big takeaway and i've loved chatting to you and i know all the people watching have as well our apologies for the technical issues we will um get those resolved when we put this out live if you would like to be in tim's seat then please get in touch with us at www.businessblondes.tv and on that note, I'd just like to say thank you all so much. See you next week. Take care. Bye.